welcome to UK Unmute. This is our fourth episode, including our introduction. It was recorded in July 2020 as a result of the global spread of the Black Lives Matter movement taking hold right here in Northern Ireland. We reached out to our audience on social media, some of whom live in Northern Ireland and a few from the US, Canada and the Caribbean. We asked them, what would you say to someone who says, all lives matter, not just black lives? They sent us their recorded responses. Please bear with us with any sound difficulties as we're trying to sort that out at this time. We received several responses which couldn't fit into this podcast, but we will be sharing them in some manner on our social media. Please follow us at UK on Mute on major social media platforms. So look out for those, and in the meantime, have a listen to today's episode, the Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter debate. Hi, welcome to our podcast on mute, where we seek to raise the volume on the whispered conversations in our communities. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is potentially sensitive, and we've chosen to explore this topic from several different angles. We are going to be talking about the topic all lives matter and we're going to explain why we decided to talk about that topic i'm your host yoland and with me today are my co-presenters natasha hi angela hi and raquel hi we reached out to random members of the black community or people who identify with the black community and we asked them what would you say to someone who argues all lives matter, not just black lives? Here are some of the responses. What do you say to someone who argues all lives matter, not just black lives? To be honest, I'm not sure how I would take this question and how I would respond to this question because I have two, two different approaches to it. Um, I guess I would say all lives matter, yes, but at this point in time, we are focusing on the injustice and the equality of black lives. We are finally taking a step to focus on the, the injustice that black men, women, and children have been facing for centuries. It is time to bring what we, our struggles to the forefront. It's time to highlight the issues. We're fed up. We're frustrated, we're angry, but we want to bring attention to what has been happening to black and brown people in this country, in this world for for that matter. We're tired of sitting back and being silent about the injustices that we have faced. I have been pulled over when I was younger. I have gone through that fear of Oh my God, there's a cop pulling me over. What am I going to do? Oh my God, is my life going to be in jeopardy? And it's time for us to highlight these kinds of equalities. Yes, all lives matter. Yes, black, brown, white, purple, pink, green, we all matter. But at this point in our lives, it's time to look at what black and brown people have been saying for years and bring it to the forefront. We have to educate ourselves and everyone around us. I come, I have a mixed family, so I have to live with the white aspects of life and the black aspects of life, and I have to meld them both together. And I have to know that my children are going to be safe. I shouldn't be teaching my eight-year-old son 
that he has to, what the things he has to do when he's out with his friends, if he's driving or, you know, going to a store by himself, I shouldn't have to be putting fear into him because that's what it feels like. To those who say that all lives matter when we say that black lives matter, I would say that no one is disputing the fact that all lives matter. However, for many years, black lives especially have been undervalued. For example, slavery, mass incarceration, unlawful and unwarranted killings. You know, Black Lives Matter doesn't stand for black lives are better or more important. It simply stands for black lives should be equally valued and protected and respected like everyone else's. And this is why right now it's Black Lives Matter. I would also say that they should educate themselves on the issues that black people face on a daily basis compared to other races, as this statement might be coming from a place of ignorance. When we say black lives matter, it's not because other life doesn't matter. It's for others to acknowledge the values of our value of our lives. You know, we're stereotyped as being insignificant, uneducated, second-class citizen, and the list goes on. For no other reason but for the color of our skin. Statistics show that our black men are four times more likely to be stopped by the police, and even to be killed for no other reason but for the color of their skin. All we're saying is we need to be seen as equals not because of what it's, you know, it's, this is what it's all about, face it. It's about equality. Okay, so there are, those are some of the responses from the people that we reached out to. Um, some of them are persons in Northern Ireland and some of them are persons that are in perhaps America or Canada. Um, the, we have titled today's podcast all lives matter simply because of some of the language or some of the narrative that we've been seeing on social media. I'm going to just ask the presenters to share their own views on the issue of all lives matter as a response to black lives matter. And perhaps they can comment on some of the responses from our audience. So I'll begin perhaps with you, Angela. Well, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of the sentiment of what's been said, you know, in those Vox boxes. I, I for one, have seen um, various social media um, posts from people that I didn't expect, um, basically saying, you know, what's all the fuss about? Stop making all of this fuss. Um, would you just calm down? Um, you know, just and, calm and, down. Yeah. And, you know, and get over yourself was one that I saw, you know, from somebody that, I, as I say, I, I totally didn't expect it from. And it seems to me that, that that whole, you know, Black Lives Matter is is maybe the way that it's understood by people who say things like that is they seem to think that we're saying only black lives. But no, of course, that's not what we're saying. The point is that all lives do matter. But right now it is the black lives that seem to be, um, you know, at most risk. We see the statistics. We see the news. Um, and so we're just saying we need to highlight this right now. You know, and that's the reason. Of course, I believe that all lives, all lives matter, but it's just not what we're seeing right now. Yeah, ladies, feel free to jump in. But just, you know, as I'm talking now, I'll share my view. I suppose for me, there's two things that I would say in response. Is I feel like whenever somebody says that, it's not coming from a well-intentioned place. 
perhaps if I believe that there was a genuine understanding and a genuine um, concept that we really all do matter, then I would accept that statement. But I can't because I feel like what they are trying to say is basically we don't really want to hear you. Um, we, we, what, what's all the fuss about, as Angela said? So to me, and we've seen a lot of Facebook or social media discussions. I know a lot of and um, perhaps different media platforms have talked about All Lives Matter or maybe Black Lives Matter and their responses. But to me, I think what's missing, which a lot of other you know people have said the same thing, is the two at the end, Black Lives Matter too. And obviously that goes without saying. So whenever we say... it goes without saying, right? <laughs> I suppose. So, I mean, this is not a new discussion. But for us today, we believe that it is a discussion that needs to continue. It really needs to continue. We need to express our views. So ladies, feel free to jump in here. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, I feel when I hear those comments is a sense of sympathy for the person listening. I suppose my default position is to assume that the person who is saying that hasn't got it yet. Mm. They, they still have not fully understood why it is that black people are saying black lives matter. They haven't fully perceived that this is coming after hundreds of years of patience, of self-control, of forbearing, of forgiving, of waiting, of, of taking, being taken for granted. And so the whole picture is, is not fully appreciated. So my, my initial response is that Clearly, this person needs to be educated. Clearly, you know, this person needs an opportunity to fully understand what it is we're talking about and why it is that we are saying, you know, all lives matter, including black lives. And that's what's missing. Raquel, just to follow on with what you're saying, um, I do think there's some um, people in society who are, who, as you say, don't get it. But I also think there are those factions who do get it, but are dismissive mm -hmm. because it makes them uncomfortable. They don't yeah. want to confront the reasons for their discomfort. And so they're, dis they're dismissive to the phrase Black Lives Matter so that they don't have to go into what that truly means and how they might play a role in that. Whether, um, what's what I'm looking for? Whether uh, consciously or, or subconsciously. Um, I, some people tend to be afraid of the term white privilege and they do not understand the concept of privilege. Privilege doesn't mean that because a person has white skin that they, um, they're economically advantaged. A lot of people I've seen on social media use that as their um, defense mechanism when someone says, I'm oh, you struggling here. Yes, you when I'm someone privileged. says you have white privilege, yeah. like, oh, I don't have privilege, or I had to bring myself up. I worked hard stuff. for yes. what I have. Yes, <laughs> I lived in the ghetto, I had to do this, I have to do that. But that's not what the privilege means. It simply means that your skin permits you to walk through life with things that people with black or brown skin can't. Just, just by the mere factor of being white. So it doesn't mean that um, you know you have a, you've achieved a certain society level in society, or you have such and such an education or such and such financial um, status. It just means that you don't have the burden of having dark skin, black skin, brown skin to carry you through life. Mm -hmm. So I think um, if some people were to be real and honest with themselves, um, that makes them uncomfortable. And so as opposed to 
think sitting with that discomfort and coming to terms with what that means, they rather just be dismissive and say, well, sure, all lives matter. Yes, the same way as all cancers matter. But October is breast cancer month. And you don't see people coming out being like, oh, what about colon cancer? What about lung cancer when it's breast cancer month? You know, mm -hmm. you focus on the issue. You focus on the thing that needs the most attention at that time and put all your resources towards it. It doesn't mean that everything else is less. It just means that this area needs a bit more attention than everything else. So let's put the attention there. Yeah. If I may, just... Um... We know who's going to write a book very soon <laughs> <laughs> about this topic. <laughs> kind of pick up on something that Natasha said earlier. This whole concept of privilege. Let me just be very clear. I know that I am privileged. There are various things in my life that make my experience a life of privilege in comparison to various other people. True. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that I do not experience the angst sometimes of having black skin. Of walking into a shop and when I get asked do you want your receipt my answer is yes because if I get stopped outside which is very likely I will have proof that I have not stolen I have purchased absolutely exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And one of the privileges that a lot of us take for granted every day is being able-bodied right mm -hmm. now we understand why disabled parking is right in front of the shop yeah. and yeah. why maternity parking is right in front of the shop and we don't argue and like, well, you can walk too or you can wheel yourself too. Why do you have to be at the front? Yeah. We acknowledge, okay, this, these people, these particular people in society need an extra, yeah. you know, assistance or need some focus placed you know, on the them. The interesting thing is we're not even talking about being put at the front. Exactly. That's the thing. We're just talking about equality, equal opportunity yes. that everybody yeah. else has. Yes. Um, that, that the obstacles that, that somebody who is, is, is white skin does not see. You know, black people are dealing with these obstacles on a daily basis, but it's totally, I mean, you can walk around if you're not a black skinned person and mm -hmm. totally oblivious to it, but it's a part of an everyday experience for black people. You know, I, I was reading that there was this study that was done um, in Australia, I think around 2007, and they had um, people from different ethnicities um, trying to board a bus without the correct amount of money. So they had about 1,500 attempts of this. And when they, when they looked at the results, they found that over 70% of those white people who tried to board the bus were allowed to. But when it came to the black people, there were only about 30-something percent of them that were afforded the same kindness. Now, that's got nothing to do with you being pulled over by the police, you did something. No, that's just simply anything, something that could happen to anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You realize you just don't have enough. Mm -hmm. Is somebody going to be kind to you? And is the color of your skin going to be, um, you know, going to be something that will mm -hmm. consciously or subconsciously affect that decision? That, that's the sort of thing we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure we could spend all day talking about this from so many different angles because it's such a, a, a topic that really lends itself to deep discussion. But today we're going to try and zero in on a couple of angles, as I said earlier. And from the responses, I'm sure you might have realized that our responses are predominantly from women, members of the black community or people who identify with the black community. Um, so we want to just sort of share our own views and on how we believe racism might manifest itself differently against women. It's it's open to the ladies, um, but I'll probably just kind of share my brief thought. Um, I suppose for me, um, I think that racism against men tend to be more violent mm -hmm. 
than when it's against women. It's more subtle. Women might experience racism. And for me, being a woman and being black is a double whammy. I put it out there. So I have that thing of not being able to perhaps climb up the corporate ladder because I'm a woman, but yet I also have to face that same kind of perhaps obstacle because I'm black. So I think for women, maybe the, 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 the racism that is manifested against us might be more verbal attacks um, rather than um, physical violence, just broadly. So ladies... Um, well, I will agree with that to an extent, and I think maybe that depends on where you happen to live mm. in the world. Because from what I've seen, um, following, US, right? following the U.S., Oof. the women don't so really brutalized. Yes, yeah. there's really? San, yeah. there's Sandra Bland. There was a 14 year old um, black girl who went to a pool party, and for some reason, she was targeted by a cop for I don't know if he thought she shouldn't have been there or what the what the matter was, but he had her done on the on the ground in her bikini with his knee on her back. And just really like physically wrestling with this girl. Um, I mean, there's been countless cases of police, even the case of Breonna Taylor, mm. that they're still agitating for justice in the U.S. with that right now. Whereas she was in her bed asleep. Um, there was a, a, a situation where the police went to the wrong address, mm-hmm. broke into the allegedly broke into the, the apartment and just started shooting. Mm-hmm. And um, they're currently still waiting for you know the justice. Yes. For that to happen as well mm-hmm. but um i think in terms of racism and there's so many different subtle avenues of racism i think of racism sometimes as a major stream but then you have the little trickles going you know off to the side from it as well and i think in terms of women where we sometimes feel racism it kind of trickles down into colorism whereas you will find <laughs> you'll find women who are closer affiliated with the ideal of European or white beauty sometimes get positions primarily before darker skinned women or women who who more resemble being of African descent. True. So, <laughs> yes, and that also affects their opportunities, their advancements. Um, all you have to do is look in, you know, TV, movies, magazines, things like that, and you will see the preference for women who are of a lighter complexion and have closer proximity to whiteness. Well, I guess that's where skin bleaching would take its, its place then, Absolutely. but that's a whole different yeah, that's podcast. Whole that's another story for another time. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, I just need to add, I am, you're right, Natasha, I do stand corrected, perhaps in terms of racism, men versus women, perhaps in Northern Ireland, for me, in my mind, I perhaps think that it's more violent against men than women. Sorry, guys, we have to say goodbye to Angela. There's a bit of an emergency, so she has had to leave. But we're going to continue today's discussion with Raquel, Natasha, and myself. So we're talking about how racism manifests itself against men versus women. Raquel, would you like to share your views? Yeah, so one of the things that is a reality for, for women in terms of the, the racism is the worry. The worry that we have for our black men. The worry that our husbands won't come home, that our children won't come home, will be stopped in the street, will be given grief, will be, you know, picked on, will be bullied. And and as women, we have to carry that everywhere we go on top of the racism that we experience for ourselves. That's interesting. That's a very interesting way to look at it because even as a woman, if you've never experienced racism as a black woman, which I doubt very much, you are still part of this because, as Raquel says, you have to carry that mental burden every day. So that's really interesting. 
Okay, so we want to just talk a little bit about perhaps what it would be like for somebody who is mixed race to respond to the the defense, um, all lives matter, get over yourselves. Um, and we're going to probably ask Raquel to share her her views and she'll explain herself why. Yeah, so the reason they're picking on me, they're picking on me, they're not picking on me. The reason they're asking me is that I am in an interracial marriage and I have four mixed race boys. So I actually posed the question to one of my boys today and asked, how would you respond if somebody's argument was all lives matter, not just black lives? And his answer was, yeah, all lives matter and black lives matter right now. <laughs> that sums it up <laughs> so so i mean the, the the issue is that for so long it has it has gone without saying that black people are an under on i was going to say an underclass but it's not even an underclass no. are, we're considered to not even be human let alone to to be you know treated as equals amongst all the different races um, and, and finally, the point has come where we've said enough is enough. Time has come. We need to be recognized as equal to any other race in society. Um, it's, it's interesting for my mixed race children because there are times when they get away with seeming as if they're white. <laughs> and, and then there are other times when they don't. Um, I am under no illusions. I have taught my children from the time they were uh, in primary school, you might think yourself white, you might self-identify, and yes, I know this, this self-identification thing has a lot of traction in a lot of spheres, but unfortunately not where race is concerned. You might self-identify as white or as Northern Irish, but unfortunately the world out there sees you as black. Yeah. And for a lot of their experience, that's what they have found. That when they're young and cute, they get away with being the white side of an interracial relationship. But once they are grown up, they are referred to and seen as black and they get treated with the same brush that people from the black community experience. Yeah, I guess no doubt it would be dependent on what side you see yourself on, what side of the fence. So perhaps a mixed race person might accept the statement if they identify as being white, as you said, Raquel. Okay, so um, we're going to also just talk briefly about how do we see the misunderstanding of the, the reference, all lives matter, presenting itself perhaps silently or openly within some of the structures of society and perhaps within our workplaces or perhaps within the church. Um, so it's open to you ladies um, just to share your views. Natasha, do you want to go first? Well, in terms of the All Lives Matter um, sentiment being expressed in, in the workplace, well, fortunately for me, my most previous workplace, I didn't have... Um, that issue to, to really deal with. But I have been in workplaces where I was definitely the minority. Um, I've been, I've, I've worked in Northern Ireland for the past, whew, um, maybe six, seven years. And I think of all the jobs that I've had, um, all except one, there was only like maybe two or three black persons in that, you know, in that job or in that department when I was there. And um, I, I can think of, 
I can think of instances where I felt like um, I might have been um, not targeted, but maybe stereotyped a bit in terms of um, in terms of like there there are instances where I was asked, well, where I was not well, and I was questioned to like the tenth degree about not being well, you know, and I've experienced many of my fellow, you know, co-workers, I'll, I'll go with the females who would be, cause you know, as females, we have different times when we're not well, you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I would see, you know, some of my fellow co-workers who would come in on a Monday or Tuesday, or whatever, hungover, um, and, and be asked to be excused. And there was no question about them not being well or whatever, but it's almost like they wanted my medical history when I said that, uh, you know, I wasn't feeling well. And I was the kind of person who I always want to go in when I'm not well, just so that you can physically see I'm not well and you don't think that I am pretending. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a burden I bear as being a black person because you feel like I'm not going to be believed. They're thinking that I'm just going to, you know, mm -hmm. stay home and do stuff. I don't know. So I actually went in. I couldn't take my calls. I couldn't do anything. And I was still asked to go and lay on a couch just to make sure that I'm still logged in on the clock to go and lay on the couch. And I'm like, why should I lay on the couch being unwell when I have a perfectly good bed at home and I have a GP who can actually call and verify that I am in fact, you know, unwell. And that's just one example, but there've been many instances where I feel like um, a certain unnecessary pressure to prove myself or do things that my fellow coworkers weren't asked to do. Well, it's, it's, it's that thing again, in America they refer to it as the black tax, that you have to work twice as hard just to get half as far. Um, and unfortunately, I have to say that I experience it within the church. Uh, I am probably one amongst probably the only <laughs> black person in my church. And yes, that is a that is my choice because I choose to go to a, what is not seen as a black church. But then that begs the question: Why do we have to have a black church as against a non-black church? Does that not begin to ask us some serious questions about how churches are operating and whether they are welcoming enough for all lives to matter? I mean, the fact that I can't see my face on the leadership of any church that's not a black church really makes me start to wonder so yeah yeah well we're coming to the end of our podcast but i'm i have to just say for me in terms of workplace which is where i spend most of my time i feel my major concern is where workplaces purport or present themselves as having a diversity agenda but there are little nuances that really signify to me that they've missed the mark completely they have no idea what it is when, that they're doing when they're talking about a diversity and i'm going to share a very small example which meant something to me which said a lot for example I know that we've had the pandemic and a lot of people workplaces have made changes to return to work. And there is a workplace that, that you know, I, I have experience with and they want to remove 
you know, items to, to limit the time people spend in the kitchen. So they, they are removing perhaps um, the sitting stools and they are removing the microwave, but you have a refrigerator and you're going to definitely have a kettle. I have a problem with that because to me, once you remove the microwave, you already take away the option for me to bring in my smelly Caribbean food and, and warm it up. Our hot and, lunch. and I want my hot lunch and yes. the shop doesn't sell what yes. I want to eat. It yes. doesn't have the traditional foods. But you live in a kettle because you're making sure that there is coffee and tea. I don't drink coffee and tea. So to me, those are some of the subtle differences that shows all lives really don't matter. So... I know there was a lot of passion, perhaps, in today's podcast. I don't know if our ladies would have any closing remarks, but I really want to thank you for listening. And as you've heard, the buzzword in the podcast today is equality. That's what we're really after. That's what we're really after. And I hope that the message comes across very clearly that that's what we want. We really want to thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get in touch with UK Unmute, send us an email to ukonmute at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts and don't forget on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe and follow us. Coming up in our next episode, the second part to today's discussion, Black Lives Matter, Exploring Solutions. See you soon and keep on raising the volume.